friends, and welcome to our first official What Do You Know podcast. Uh, the goal of this podcast is to give youth workers some life, give them some energy, and maybe some helpful advice along with listening to some funny commentary from youth pastors and pastors that have already been in our shoes. So, friends, welcome. We have our first guest on the podcast, Matt Moser. Matt, Hello. can you give us a little bit of a background on you? So yeah, my name's Matt Moser. Uh, I am currently lead pastor at Dundalk Church of the Nazarene. I've been here about 13 years. Uh, before that, I youth pastored for uh, about eight years um, at three different churches. Also, I've been involved uh, helping out a couple different youth groups uh, when I was in college and after college. Um, so been in ministry a long time, 20, nice. 25 years now. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, it is a lot. It's weird to think about that. Really? It is, because it mm. doesn't seem like, I mean, I say I've been involved in ministry for over 20 years, and it makes me sound old, and I mean, I guess I am, but anyway. Yeah. One thing hey, I don't did... say yeah. Okay, okay. Don't agree one with thing... you, Sam. <laughs> one thing I did want to say is, this is meant to be an encouragement for all of you youth pastors that may be listening to this. Um, we're kind of living in a life or a world that's, I don't want to say dark, but it's not the happiest that it's ever been. And so I want to give all of you an opportunity just to laugh and to have a fun time. Uh, fun fact, I was one of Matt's students in high school, like kind of great and kind of funny how everything kind of circles back around. I think it's a great thing myself. Yeah. Even though, like, weren't you a kid in my dad's youth group? I was, yeah. So, like, my your dad, dad... Yes, your dad was my uh, first experience to youth pastor, actually. Um, back when we still did zone activities, uh, I was on the, the zone with York Stillmeadow and with your dad. And so when we would do activities, he would be there with a York church. And so, yeah, he was my counselor at camp a couple times. And you were my counselor at camp. So, yeah. I mean, youth ministry kind of comes full circle. So, Matt, can you give us kind of a 30,000-foot view of your life? I mean, you don't have to go in super detail, but just for the people that are listening, give us a little background. Sure. Um, so I'm a bivocational pastor. I... Uh, I'm also a front office secretary in a public middle school in Baltimore County. Um, so Monday through Friday, I am at a school and meeting parents and talking to parents and answering phones and talking to middle schoolers. Um, you know, I I've just can't seem to get out of middle school ministry, uh, no matter how hard I try sometimes. I <laughs> <laughs> um, also have opportunity to, to work with kids in a, a club, after school club. Uh, getting to, to do uh, live stream announcements. So they're getting the opportunity to learn how to use video programs and run video cameras and anchor news announcements for our school. Um, and I'm lead pastor at a church. So I'm doing all the, the pastoral things, getting ready for services and um, working on worship services, uh, order worship, sermons, uh, Bible studies, um, and I have a family, so married uh, to be 21 years this year, we've been married, uh, have three boys, 
uh, high school, middle school, elementary school. Um, so definitely stay busy a lot. And that's, I'd say the 30,000 view is I'm busy, crazy busy, a lot. Crazy busy. So let me, I, I know the answer to this, but so you're not in youth ministry currently per se, right? Correct. Okay. Per so se. you Per se. I mean, you're bivocational pastor, so you, you kind of have your hands and everything. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So my first question is, what got you interested in youth ministry? What gave you the calling? Of course, God gave you the calling, but what sure. was the, I don't know, I don't want to say push, but what was, the, what was the thing that said, yeah, this is what you need to do? So I, I first felt called into ministry, actually, to, I thought I was going into missions, be a missionary. And then uh, when, I, when I started visiting colleges, I um, also have always had a love and a passion for music. Um, and so I actually thought I'd be getting into radio broadcasting and use that as kind of a, a missions outreach opportunity, um, using Christian music as an outreach. Uh, and then once I got into college, um, started working with a youth group and what, realized- What college did you go to? I went to Trevecca, Nazarene University in Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. Yeah. Proud Trevecca alumna. That's my plug for Trevecca. Woohoo. I'll make um, sure to tag them in this. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I, when it was one of the college visits, um, I, they had like a, a majors fair going on at, their, at the college, and they had the communications booth set up and they're talking about radio broadcast, and I'm like, wait, you mean I could actually get paid to be, uh, just play music all day, and that just seemed like awesome thing. Uh, so, yeah, I got, got involved in the, the radio broadcasting, uh, then started, uh, went, started attending a church outside, just outside of Nashville, and uh, was asked if I would help with the youth ministry there, and thought about it and prayed about it. I was like, okay, yeah, why not to um, get involved there? And as a more I got involved with that, the more I felt like, no, this is where I belong. I, I needed to be in youth ministry and just God really just put that passion there. Um, and then, you know, looking back and again, I mean, we kind of joked about me being a, a student of your dad's uh, uh, in, in, in ministry, but, you know, thinking back to people like your dad and uh, Jay Willard, um, uh, people like the Spittlers, uh, they, who just, and, and the Soudans that, that Terry and Darlene Soudan that just invested in teens and in kids. And, and I just realized, you know what, they made a huge impact on my life. And they're part of the reason why I was where I was at that point. Um, and, you know, to, to be able to, to get involved in youth ministry as a way of, um, you know, for me, it was partly a way of giving back um, yeah. to, to all those that have vested in me, but also to, to kind of be able to carry on that tradition and, and, and be able to pass that torch um, onto the so next generation. So if I can kind of sum it all up, it's safe to say that people were a huge factor, like people sure. investing in you. Oh yeah, absolutely. People yeah. investing in me um, and just hanging out and believing in the, some weird, goofy, music-loving, geeky kid. Nice. So uh, this kind of leads into the next question. Uh, 
this is actually something that I, I had thrown at me earlier today. And I'm like, we need to include this. Uh, if you could write a letter to yourself way back in the day. So if you could write a letter to yourself now, what would you let yourself know about your first year of youth ministry? Hmm. Like if you could give yourself a heads up and say, Hey, be prepared for this or don't do that with the church van, for example, <laughs> like what sort of advice would you give? So I don't know that I ever had an issue with a church van. Um, I, I did kind of get myself in trouble one time with a game that we played. Uh, hip charades, not a good idea. Uh, they never even should have put it in the game book. Oof. Um, at the time, it sounded like, oh, this is going to be funny. And uh, then like, oh, no, wait, now we're all looking at each other's runky bunkies. Um, <laughs> not probably the greatest idea. <laughs> what was that game called? A hip charades. Hip charades. Hip charades. Yes. And you literally, um, you would stand up and um, use your hips to spell out words. That, that just... <laughs> right now, that makes me cringe. Well, it was the 90s. Like There's the... a lot of things in the 90s that we could still get away with. I and, mean, this, uh, is the two, 20, this is 2020, and I'm just kind of like skin crawling over here. I'm like... I understand. Ah! Uh-huh. Yeah, again, like there's a lot of things in the 80s and 90s that everybody thought was okay then and was funny. Mm, um, the thing anatomy, so, so one of the games I didn't play, I, I didn't just say, mm, no, I didn't lead, but I may have uh, played as a teen uh, with a little game called Anatomy Shuffle, uh, which basically involved two circles. One okay. circle went this way, one circle went this way, and you had a partner. And... Uh, then you, they would call out different body parts and you had to find your partner and those two body parts had to go together. So, you know, like nose to finger. So like your nose to your partner's finger, um, oh. elbow to elbow. But inevitably by the end of the, the, the game, it would be two groups of two guys and it'd be like, you know, cheek to cheek or lips to cheek or something crazy like Wait. that. I'm not even going to entertain that next thought that I had. Um, you can probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. So it'd be kind of a heads up not to play so many games like that. <laughs> yes. Use some better judgment when it comes to picking games. Yeah. I can relate um, to that one. Yes. But how do you stay motivated or how do you continue to dig down deep into youth ministry? Or how did you continue? you to dig into to ministry or you still in it though yeah i'm still in i'm still uh I, i'm still involved in bible quizzing uh team bible quizzing um i still do camps and retreats and all that fun stuff uh so yeah i'm still definitely involved um and actually we we are not having our family camp this year um unfortunately but this year would have been my 18th year of leading the team program at our district family camp. So yeah, still very much involved in, in youth ministry. Um, so uh, as far as staying uh, connected, staying motivated, um, uh, for me, relationships are a huge part of it. Um, I have some people that 
uh, invest in me still. Um, I have a person that, that I meet with at least once a month and talk about ministry stuff who in, encourages me. And um, yeah, I can ask some of those, those ministry questions. Um, sometimes he, you know, keeps me focused a little bit, refocus, helps me refocus some. Uh, another thing for me is just having times of, of prayer. And, and I know that sounds cliche, but I mean, it's, it's really not. Um, one of the things that I have appreciated most about uh, and liked most about uh, this quarantine time uh, has been the opportunity to, to be able to spend more time uh, in prayer um, and Bible reading and, and uh, not feel like I have to rush through it as much because yeah. I have nowhere else to go. Um, I really enjoy uh, some of the, um, the, practice, the discipline, practices of discipline. Um, I'm an introvert, so I, I enjoy the, the quiet times and just time of meditation. And I haven't had to work as much uh, during this time to, to kind of keep that, those times. And just uh, remembering my call, I think, is a, a big, big part of it, too. Um, Mm -hmm. every year at our district assembly, we always have a, a service of the ministry. Um, and, and at the, on our district, uh, middle Atlantic district, um, our first year district licensed people get their license. Um, and then our, our ordinance, our uh, new, new, uh, people who are beginning or just ordained or, or get ordained during that service. And that's always a, an opportunity for me, uh, to remember my call to ministry. Um, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, in the Old Testament, we talk about, they talk about altars and building altars. Uh, and, and those altars were built as, as ways of remembering uh, what God has done in our lives. And going back, and when we visit those altars, we remember what God has done in our lives. And we, they would build those altars as a story um, and, and be able to to remind others uh, and to tell that story. When you see that altar, tell your children, oh, this is what God did. This is what God, what happened, what God did in this situation. Um, so for me, you know, I, I don't have, uh, you know, I, I haven't built physical stone altars all around uh, the, the United States, um, but I have mental altars and I have time, things that I've written down and remember and, and just situations where, where uh, God was just super real in, in that moment and God's presence for me, I felt like I could reach out and touch God, um, literally. Uh, and, you know, even times of, of feeling like I physically heard God's voice in some of those situations. And, uh, you know, I look back on those, those times and those are, are my, my altar moments. Um, and, and so when I think about staying motivated, I, I think back to some of those times and those memories. And it's like, I can't walk away because of what happened in this situation. I can't walk away because of literally climbing over people. Cause I was sitting in the middle of the pew at, uh, in Trevecca community church and literally climbing over people to get out to the aisle. So I could go down to the altar and pray about, um, just my call to ministry. Um, you know, sitting in a back pew at, Hanover, Pennsylvania, Trinity Church of the Nazarene and, and feeling God's presence and God's impression on me that I needed to go into ministry. Um, being at 
family camp as a kid, Northeast Nazarene camp. Uh, <laughs> and, and just those times of, of being at the altar there and, and uh, I had a, a, being on a pier in Ocean City, uh, Maryland, um, and just having some, looking at those moments and just remembering those moments. And, you know, that's what keeps me motivated in ministry is knowing that, that God has been there in those moments where God has spoken to me. Um, you know, we, again, going back to talking about the, the people that invested in me uh, as a teenager, um, those were a lot of the same people that I was sitting across from for my ordination interview. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, for me, that, that was a, 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 an altar type moment to be sitting there across from these uh, former camp counselors who believed in me as a teenager and now believed in me as a minister. Um, and it still was nerve wracking. Don't get me wrong. I uh, didn't make that process any easier. Uh, but, but, and, but yet it did because those were people that I knew believed in me and, and believed in the call that God had placed on my life. Uh, and so for me, those are the things that, that keep me motivated. Um, and also just knowing that, there's a generation coming behind me and there are others that are coming up in the ministry. Uh, I've had some difficult times where, where people that I looked up to uh, screwed up for lack of better word. Um, and they left ministry because of just some stupid choices that they made. Um, and I remember the, the wreckage that they left behind. I don't want to be one of those people. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another thing. And you know, maybe that's maybe not be, might not be as positive, but I don't want to be one of those screw ups. Um, but at the same time, nothing you know, against those people, but yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I don't want, I, I realize that, you know, in ministry often we put pastors on a pedestal and we expect pastors to be perfect and, we're, we are often reminded that they are not perfect and that they are human. Um, and that, like I said, everybody in church is human. But one of the things that does keep me motivated is, is that this call has a responsibility to it. Mm-hmm. And if I walk away, if I stop doing what God's called me to do, what does that say to other people? What does that say to God about other people? Because God's been faithful. God has always been faithful, even when I haven't always been as faithful as I should have been. Um, but to know that even when I do screw up, God is still faithful. And just to, to keep pressing on, to keep, keep putting that one foot in front of the other. Uh, and as I referenced the, the great philosopher, Dory, uh, the, the blue fish, whatever she is. Is she an angel fish? I have um, no idea. Yeah, from Pixar. You know, sometimes it's just about just keep swimming. Um, that is deeply profound, my it friend. It is. That, yeah, that's some of the deepest, some of the, the best uh, philosophical encouragement I've ever gotten has been from cartoons. And I can definitely echo with you looking back to altars. Uh, fun fact about me and Matt as you guys go back to the beginning of this podcast and hear us joke and laugh a little bit about some of our personal history together. Um, Matt was actually there when... I was interviewed for my first district license. Uh, I went to Eastern Nazarene College up in Quincy, Mass. There's my little plug. Um, I was actually 
interviewed in an office with four of the dudes that invested in my life at camp. Uh, and I remember that. And looking back to another altar, Matt was actually uh, there when I got my first district license. Uh, when they pulled me up and I was some little punk kid that got his district license. He's like, oh, look, I got a piece. I got it. And Matt was one of the first people up there. And I think he kind of ran over some people. But Are you saying that's a, that's a, sounds like that's a theme in my life. I just run over people. I, I mean, <laughs> but I can but I still have that picture, by the way. I do too. I saw it on my phone. Yeah. Um, so I can definitely echo with you on just looking at different altars and remembering. Uh, I guess I have a digital altar on my phone that I can look back and show. Sure. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I got that picture. Yep. So that kind of brings me into our next question. How do you avoid burnout? Because uh, this life of ministry is pretty hectic. It is and can also be overwhelming and depressing. Um, I am involved in our uh, district ministry assessment team center. And that's one of the things that we talk about at our, our district ministry assessment is um, there's some really um, discouraging, scary statistics out there for pastors uh, and, and those in ministry. Um, and burnout is a big thing. Depression is a big thing. Um, and moral failures is a big thing. Um, and it comes because uh, pastors just keep pushing themselves and um, they think they have to do it all. And um, I went through a pretty dark time uh, several years ago at this point. And it was scary and it was dark, dark, dark. Uh, I was in a really, really, really bad place. Um, and part of what I had to learn out of that was to give myself permission to stop. And I knew that I couldn't do it all myself. And I knew that ministry wasn't about doing it all myself. Um, but I was not giving myself permission to take a break. And uh, it, it almost cost me a lot. Um, that it's okay to stop doing work and watch a movie. That it's okay to go to bed early. Um, that it's okay to go have fun. Uh, and so I, you know, I've, I've worked pretty hard at, at putting some of those practices in place to um, be able to give myself a break. Um, whether that's, you know, I like, I enjoy going hiking and camping. Um, really enjoy that because it just gives me a chance to, um, one, to be outside, uh, to be in the woods, um, and, and just to, to kind of be by myself a little bit and just enjoy nature. I also enjoy going to concerts. I like listening to music. Um, sometimes it's just getting in the car and turning on some music and going for a drive. Um, one of the, the things that uh, has become very important to me and very uh, life-giving to me, um, once a year I do a, a personal retreat where, um, and because I'm bivocational, it's a little bit more difficult. It, it means I have to be a little bit more intentional um, but I'll find where uh, a holiday weekend, um, where I can take a three day weekend and, and just go away by myself for, for three days and just read and, um, read my Bible, pray journal. Um, and you know, sometimes that's been in a hotel room at the beach. 
sometimes it's been in a, a cabin in the woods. Um, but just to be able to, to take that time and just to stop uh, my normal routine um, and to just get away from the schedule. And, uh, you know, there's obviously there's still, there's some planning that goes into that because I want it to be a, a productive time, but it doesn't have to be at the same time. It can be just a time of, of Sabbath and rest and, um, you know, watching a, an action movie after I've done my morning prayers, you know, it's just, it, it's great just to, to have that time and, um, get some food that I enjoy eating and cook it up and just appreciate that time of, of solitude, but of, you know, being with God and, and just reconnecting and refocusing. Definitely. So this idea of self-care is huge, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you can't, don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. I think that's really important, especially for, youth pastors, because we feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, sometimes youth pastors get this mentality, I need to do it all, and now, and I'm going to consume as much caffeine as I can to Are do it all. Are you speaking from experience, Mr. Rockstar Energy Drink? Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, so, how about this next question? What gives you life? If we're talking about preventing burnout, if we're talking about self-care, mm -hmm. I definitely think life, something that's life-giving. Um, again, for me, a uh, big part is, is concerts. Uh, I really enjoy going to a, a good rock concert. Oh, and um, by the way, it does not have to be ministry-related, guys. No, it doesn't. In fact, uh, it might be sometimes better that it isn't. doesn't mean it's not Christian-related. Um, but I, I know there are some amazing musicians out there. And uh, I try to, to see some, some amazing concerts. Um, and, you know, Christian, sure, absolutely. But um, I'll tell you, one of the, the best concerts I've been to in the last year was uh, Chicago last summer. Um, and if you've never seen Chicago live, they are an amazing band to see perform because they are some very unbelievably talented musicians. And when they get together, it's just an awesome experience. Um, nice. But, you know, I, I, I saw Skillet a, a couple months ago, um, right before all this craziness happened. Uh, you know, we can't was, really see you on this podcast, right? That's right. Oh, I forgot. This is just recording, and I'm trying to put my, my T-shirt up. trying to show a shirt off that says Skillet. Man. Skillet, Skillet Rock shirt. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, uh, to be... Uh, it, it just yeah to be in those concerts there's actually um, scientific proof that loud music uh, will actually better your mood um, yeah the volume of music will make you feel better uh, that so when my neighbors tell me I have my music too loud I should just say they should listen in and feel better about themselves exactly there you go oh. yeah and maybe not maybe. oh no <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, uh, and I'll tell you another thing, um, being with my kids, uh, I, I fuss about them some, and they drive me crazy. Um, a little bit, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but my youngest um, loves 
and when I say love, I mean at a level that I don't know many people uh, that love certain things. He loves soccer and wants to be outside playing soccer, wants to watch soccer videos, wants to play soccer video games, um, has soccer betting. So uh, when we go shopping, he thinks he always needs a new soccer ball. Uh, so he absolutely loves soccer. Um, and watching him play, uh, even though he just plays, you know, local rec soccer. Um, but that gives me life because I'm seeing someone who is passionate and getting to do what they're passionate about. And, and it's fun to, to watch that and see that and to celebrate those things along with them. Nice. So what sort of advice would you give a youth worker today? Now, I don't think it's any news to all of the youth workers that will be listening to this that at the time of recording this, we're kind of in this social distancing thing. So if you're not living under, if you're living under a rock, there you know it. <laughs> but it doesn't have to directly relate to youth workers in this climate. But what sort of advice would you give a youth worker living right now? Um, so I think one of the things that I had to learn, uh, again, learn the hard way a little bit. Um, but one of the things I wish that even as a kid, I have been told is just be who you are and be happy with who you are and be okay with it. Um, there are not many pastors that I know that love heavy metal, uh, that uh, love Star Wars. And, um, you know, those are, are some of the things that I like the most. Um, when, when people find out that, that I'm into heavy metal, they're like, you're a pastor. How can you like heavy metal? Uh, and I'm like, well, here, let me play you some, and I will explain it to you. How much time do you have? Because we can go through my entire playlist. Um, I have been through this entire conversation. <laughs> As a student, I think I had a two-hour conversation. Oh, I don't know. It was two hours. We listened to every song on your playlist. Not every song. I have 13 hour playlists on my phone, oh, let me tell you. My Spotify, yeah, there's some crazy long playlists. Anyway. Um, Not yeah, a sponsor. Think... <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a big thing. Um, it's just to be okay with who God created you to be. Uh, yes, there are times that we have to I don't know that I want to say the word play nice, use that phrase play nice, but sometimes we have to fit the mold because we have to, um, but we can still be ourselves and be who we are. And, and I, one of my, uh, I guess, goals for life um, is to just to be real. Um, I don't try to, to, to be somebody I'm not. Um, I don't try to pretend that I'm, you know, super pastor or anything like that. I, I am who God created me to be. And yes, I am a minister. Yes, I'm a pastor. Uh, but I'm also a human being that likes to laugh and have fun and goof around and, and be silly sometimes. Um, because that's who God created me to be. 
and I can be those things while loving God. And, and it's important for us to remember that we need to be who God created us to be. We need to, to, you know, if you're into lifting weights and, and, and lift, lift the weights for Jesus. Uh, Relatable. If you're in the heavy metal, you know, rock out for Jesus. If, if you're in the cross stitching, you know, stitch for Jesus. Whatever uh, you're passionate about, you can do those passions and be passionate and, and, and find ways of doing that uh, connected to Jesus and continue to connect to Jesus. Uh, one, as I said, I'm bivocational. Um, one of the things that I, I view as a, a huge compliment is uh, when someone finds out that I'm a pastor, like, I never would have guessed you were a pastor. You don't act like a pastor. I, I don't know what that means exactly. Um, probably because I don't know, maybe I just don't know how a pastor is supposed to act. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to put on an act. I want to be me. I am me as, and God loves me as I am. And so I'm going to be me and I'm going to show Jesus in the midst of being me. And there have been moments where people have come back to me later and said, I want to share this story. And uh, I don't share this story to, to, to point at myself or, or to say, you know, be like me uh, or to pat myself on the back. Cause it, when I tell this story, I feel like that's what I'm doing and I'm really not trying to. Uh, but the end of the school year last year, we were having kind of a end of the school year party with all the staff members and uh, I'm hanging out with some different people and I, I walked over to talk to a couple of guys and one of the the guys came up to me and says, you know, um, and I feel like I have to say this, he, he was one of the gym teachers and he was your typical stereotypical kind of gym teacher. And he watched me and goes, Moser, he goes, I got to tell you something. And I'm like, oh, I have, I have no idea where this is going to go. This sounds scary. He's like, uh, he goes, I, and, and this isn't about you. I just want you to know that. This isn't about you. But, but you kind of had a, a job in it and a, a part of it. And I, I need to tell you about it. And so he goes on to tell me about how uh, he and his wife had started going to church. And his wife had been going through a difficult time and struggling. And a friend of theirs had invited them to church. And they started going. And he says he, that, that his life was starting to change for the better. And that it had made a huge impact on he and his wife and their marriage. And, and things were starting to turn around. And he said, you know, I never gave church much thought. But I see the way, and I know you're a pastor, and I just see the way that you act. And you're one of the nicest, kindest person that I know. And if that's what church is about, if that's what God can do for somebody, then I want to be a part of that. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, and I told him, I said, you've just given me one of the biggest compliments you could, you, anyone's ever probably given me. Um, you know, I, I don't do anything special. I don't, I don't go. Yes. I, I, my first priority all the time is following God. Um, and I pray for opportunities to be Jesus to people and pray for opportunities to, to be able to show God's love to people. But I am who I am. 
And my hope and my prayer and everything that I do is that, yes, my relationship with Jesus shows through that. Um, but I don't go into the office in the morning and think, how can I prove to somebody today that I'm a Christian? How, how can I prove Jesus to somebody? I just want to be real. And being real is about loving people and loving God and just letting that overflow in everything that I do. Um, and do I always do it right? No, not at all. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that's my goal is just to, and, and I've often joked and I've said, you know, my, my goal in life would be for someone to call me pastor, keeping it real. Uh, cause that's what I want to do. I just want to keep it real with people. I don't want to be a show. I don't want to show off, uh, you know, as much as I would love to have a huge church. It's not because I want to have a huge church for me. I want to have a huge church because God's working and moving and, and doing awesome things because of God, not because of anything that I do. Um, but you know, yeah, I just want to keep it real for people and, and show people that, you know what, you can still have fun. You can love Jesus. You can be goofy and silly and rock out and do all the things that, because that's who God made you to be and created you to be. Keep it real. I love that advice. So my friend, we are at the end of our time. So that kind of brings me to our last thing I want us to talk about is how can we be praying for you and your ministry? Um, yeah, I think a big part of it is just about relationships and especially in the, the midst of where we are right now in, in this quarantine, um, finding ways to continue to, to foster and build those relationships in the midst of not being together. Um, that's probably a big thing. Uh, for me, and before all this started, we, we started having some newer people that were coming to our church and just trying to continue to uh, find ways of investing in them um, when we can't be together, um, finding ways of uh, encouraging them. Um, you know, they're, they're staying connected, watching services and stuff like that online. But, but just, the, yeah, again, just building those relationships and, and continuing to build those relationships in, within our community. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, my friends, thank you for joining us on the first episode of What Do You Know? Tune in next time. I'm excited to hear how God is working the lives of other people in ministry, and I'm excited to hear how God can bless us with some of the experience of people that have gone before us or that have lived a life of ministry well. And so tune in. Can't wait to hear from all of you. I don't know. How should we end this, Matt? <laughs> I have no idea. How about a blessing? Would that yes, be okay? that um, would be a blessing. Can you drop a blessing on us, my friend? So this is from Romans chapter 15. And Paul says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, join us on our next episode of What Do You Know? And gain some knowledge and some encouragement from people that have gone before us in youth ministry. All right, my friends, take care.